Sister Symphony, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So, Symphony, is that your given name? Yes, it's originally from um, in Vietnamese. So when I came here, it's easier for people to call. So I translate it to Symphony. But your actual name means Symphony. Correct. Wow. So it's not a name that you chose when you became a nun. No. It's um, my father gave me that name. Okay. So because he loves classical music. Uh-huh. So his dream for me was to become a classical musician. So he named me as Symphony. Wow. And actually, I'm a Symphony, third Symphony, because my mom has a miscarriages twice before okay. me. Uh-huh. So that's a Symphony 1, Symphony 2, and then myself is Symphony 3. Wow. Okay. And then I, I understand you have sisters as well? Yes, I have two names? sisters and um, my sister's name, Melody and Harmony. That is awesome. Symphony, mm-hmm. Melody, and Harmony. And then all of those are in Vietnamese. They are in Vietnamese and we translate it to English. How do you say your name in Vietnamese? Sao Hung. Sao Hung. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. it's easier for people to just call you Symphony, especially. Yes, because when I first came, I tried to teach people to t- uh, say my name. Uh-huh. Either they, ha- they say Yahoo. Uh-huh. Or Zhao Huang. It's just very difficult for them to pronounce. Uh-huh. And until this moment, not a lot of people can pronounce my last name. Okay. So, no. No. Uh-huh. Oh, because of the NG. The NG, yes. yes. Uh-huh. Okay. And you were with St. Faustina for a while. Yes. And that was, what years were you here at uh, St. Faustina? I believe it's 2017 and to 2018. 2017, 2018, you were mm-hmm. working with, with the kids. With the children choir. Okay. And so you do have a background in music. I um, graduated in University of Houston. Okay. In music education. Okay. So um, did, you, did you grow up here in Houston? I came to Houston in 2007. I was born and raised in Vietnam. Okay. 2007. How mm-hmm. old were you when you came here? You don't mind me asking. No. Um, I'm turning 21 when I came. When you came here. Okay, mm-hmm. so you spent pretty much your entire childhood up until adulthood right. in Vietnam. Right. Did you, did you speak English in very Vietnam? Very little, very little. We learned English in school. Okay. But most of the time it's a grandma and building sentences and um, vocabularies. We didn't really um, listening and talking uh-huh. in English. Uh-huh. So when I first came here, that's um, two major skills that I have to learn and improve. Speaking and reading and... and, and speaking and listening. And listening uh-huh. in, 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 in English. English. Yes, it's hard. I can look at the um, English and the practices I can do the work. Uh-huh. But when I hear people talk, I couldn't understand their um, accent pronunciations uh-huh. because like, somehow the Vietnamese people, we pronounce differently. Yes. Majority of the time, I have to lead reading a lot, like look at the people oh, yes. and try to guess the word. And it, take me, it took me forever to process yes. and translate it from Vietnamese to English and English back to Vietnamese. So it took me a long time to get one sentence out. And then uh, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is very difficult is slang and figures of speech and idioms and all of that. Right. And because a lot of them are very cultural. Mm-hmm. So even if you can speak English, 
there's still those figures of speech that are that people aren't familiar with sometimes right. if you're not from the same culture. That's right. So you went from so was it after you graduated high school that you came here to the United States? So I graduated high school and back then I had two schools. I started in two schools. Uh-huh. One academic school and the other one is a music school. Okay. The Oh that's right you were 21. Yes. So um after finish the academic years, uh-huh. I continue in, in the college of the music school. So for one and a half year, I dis- my family decided to have me study abroad. So they, br- uh, they did all the paperwork with the help of my godmother in Houston. Mm-hmm. And uh, she sponsored me to come to Houston to study. Wow. So, so for music. For music. So this wasn't religious studies at all? No, no. It's just to um, improve my music background. Was there a lot of pressure for you since you were named Symphony? Uh, It was. Back when I was little, I didn't really comfortable with my name because it's just too different. Like nobody names Symphony. Yes, it's very unique. Nobody. And it's just like, Oh, should I use that name? And oh, do I have to fulfill my expectation, uh, my father's expectations uh-huh. uh, to become a good musician? But the more I learn music, and everyone knows that my family and my teachers know that I have, I have the gift of music. Okay. And I learned to love music while I'm making music and studying uh-huh. music. So I became more comfortable with my name eventually. No more pressure, I think. <laughs> I like it. It's unique. What, what instrument? Yes, very <laughs> unique. What instruments do you play? I was major in piano. Piano? Yes. Okay. Piano. And then how, how old were you when you started learning to play the mm, piano? My father was my first teacher. So according to him, he taught me around three, three and a half, four years old. Oh, wow. And that early. We were not, I can say that we were poor at that time. Okay. So he bought me a very little electric keyboard. Uh-huh. And then he taught me notes by notes. He's a music teacher. Uh-huh. And uh, I learned music from him. And by the year of five, I can sing and play the keyboard at the same time. Wow. Wow. Yes. Five years old. Yes. How about your sisters? The same? I think I have the long process of entering the professional uh-huh. music school. Uh-huh. So some for some reason, my parents put all of their efforts on me. Oh, wow. And then that kind of relaxed on my sisters <laughs> so they can do whatever that they wanted to. Uh-huh. Melody has a, a love for music, uh-huh. but she didn't like to study music as a profession. Okay. Harmony, my younger sister, she uh-huh. loves music. She has a gift for music, but um, unfortunately, my parents didn't pay much attention to that skill so when she was little. She didn't hone it. She didn't hone that. Okay. And you're the eldest. I'm the uh, oldest of the family, yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Any brothers? No. No brothers. So all girls. Mm-hmm. Symphony. Melody. Melody and then Harmony. Yes. That is awesome. I, I can't get over that. Those are <laughs> just, you. those are awesome names. Thank you. My, when I told my son 
that you, your name is Symphony and your sister's Melody and Harmony. He was like, why didn't you name me something like that? <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's, it's, it's awesome. It's very unique. Yes. So speaking of your youth in Vietnam, were, did you grow up Catholic? Yes. The family um, are Catholic. So. Okay. Is there, but I understand there's a lot of Buddhists in Vietnam as well. What is it like, you know, uh, growing up Catholic in Vietnam? I didn't pay much attention to the religious differences uh-huh. when I was growing up because we didn't mention too much of our religions. Okay. At school, I didn't even know my friends were Catholic or Buddhist or anything. So we just friend, we just play mm-hmm. together. And at church, I, we just know our family. At the On Sunday, we go into church or weekday, sometime that if we have time, that we will go to church too. Uh-huh. And it's not no barriers for us, but when I grew up, we all know that Catholics kind of limited within the parishes. We cannot go out to tell people that, oh, I'm a Catholic or sharing too much about it for some reason because of the communist com- um, country. Okay. okay. So Was that difficult? I Kind of having to stay inside for me, yourself? I had no problem with that. Uh-huh. But maybe for the adults who know more at that time uh-huh. and they, they understood more the situation. But for the community that I lived with, uh-huh. we very friendly and everything. It's just like, oh, you do, you practice your faith and others practice their faith. So, and a lot of people were Catholic, are Catholic. Okay. So you just in, keep amongst around, yourselves yes. in terms of that. Okay. It's only five minutes from my house to the church. So walking. <laughs> okay. W- where in Vietnam did you grow up? Oh, Saigon. Saigon. Was that anywhere near where Father Dad? Grew up? I don't think so. Uh, he's Bien Hoa, I think. Okay. It's about three hours dry. Okay. Mm-hmm. So no chance that you guys ran into each other. No in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering. So how did, so your, your parents sent you here to the United States for music. Right. And then where did you go to school again? I University went Houston? to HCC, Houston okay. Community College first for okay. my English. Oh, yes. Okay, that, that's that's a good move. Yes. yes. To to first work on your English because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, that jump from learning just basic sentences, like you were saying, right. to academic going into, you know, university studies, it's very difficult. So how long were you in, in HCC? Uh, one year and a half. Okay. And then you felt like you were ready to go into university. Yes. Uh, I personally didn't feel that I was ready. <laughs> But my professor, the music teacher at XCC, uh-huh. she kept pushing me. She said, no, Symphony, you need to move to the different school, to the university, so you can develop your skills. I love to teach you here, uh-huh. but I feel like I kept you back. I, I held you back. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. So she the one who pushed me and I appreciated her a lot. So in hindsight, you think that was the right decision? Definitely. Yeah. Because yeah. I personally, I had an experience similar, but it was the other way around. When uh, when my dad retired from the Navy, mm. we moved to the Philippines where he grew up huh? and I had to learn the language there. And so I had that, you know, that 
backwards experience of trying to learn. And yes, there is a crutch. That's true. And you, you mm-hmm. at some point, you just have to get pushed into it. It's like sink or swim, mm-hmm. you know. And so you you jumped into that. So you went into U- University of H. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. And then what did you study there? So at first, I studied double major music education and uh, PF- piano performance. Wow. And for two years. Okay. And later on, I decided to focus on one. So I continue with music education. It's related to um, part of it, my personal choice, and part of it because of I wanted to become a sister. So. Okay. And so wh- when did you have the first thoughts of becoming a sister? When I was four years old. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, yes. Can you explain how how you got those thoughts and how that started and how it grew? Like I mentioned at the very beginning that my my mom has a difficulty of getting pregnant. Okay. Before. So she, according to her that she prayed a lot when she was pregnant with me inside mm-hmm. and she dedicated like me to God to marry. And she said, Let's please give this child and then I will offer her to, to you and oh, things wow. like that. And I grew up and around, I don't know where the, the thought came from. Mm-hmm. My mom told me, I didn't recall that actually. Mm-hmm. Around four years old that I would tell her that, oh, I would love to be a sister who served, like the sister who served in the Al Parish. So to take care of the the poor and to teach children and things like that. So there were sisters in your parish. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you think yeah. that's important to have sisters Definitely, in yes. the parish? It's like kind of a witness for the church. Mm-hmm. We see uh, priests, uh, deacons, brothers and seminaries. Yes, it's very important. But also we need to have a sister in the parish. Too. That's why I'm so glad you're here right now to <laughs> talk you. with us. So throughout growing up, did you always have the thought of entering religious life or was it just something that you just thought about now and then? Okay. Um, as a music person, musical mm-hmm. person, I might burst out into songs to explain my situation, if uh-huh. you don't mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay. So to answer your question, mm-hmm. I will sing this one and then see if you can catch the ideas through it. Okay. When I was just a little girl, my mother asked me, what would I be? I told her, I'll be a nun, wear full habit, take care of the orphans and the poor. She told me, Kay Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be, the future not out to see. Kesera, Sera. When I grew up and fell in love, <laughs> my mother asked me, What will I be? I told her, I'll be a wife with my handsome husband. I'll have a boy, a girl, and a cat. Kesera, Sera. Whatever will be, will be. The future not out to see. Kesera, Sarah. If you want to make God's laugh, 
tell him all your plans. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. That was beautiful. That's pretty much of my 18 years of my life, kind of. Okay. Story. So, mm-hmm. so you said in there that you fell in love. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> tell us about that. Um, How old were you? 18. You were 18. Mm-hmm. And this was in Vietnam. And it was in Vietnam, yes. So you met a young man and you fell in love. We not we were not a stranger. We okay. went to preschool and kindergarten together. Okay. And then we lost contact until sixth grade. For mm-hmm. some reason, I um not for some reason, but I was in the middle school where his mom taught math. Okay. There. So we got it back in contact. And uh my maths were so bad at that time. <laughs> so she offered me to tutor me oh. at her home with the with um my friend and the, the other cousins too. Okay. So we all studied together in that summer and we lost contact again until twelfth grade. My uncle was a music teacher and he for some reason he taught um my friend and on that summer I went to his house to have some modern music okay. from him to to learn from him, and I had I I met my friend again there, and uh, I invited him to go to my 18th birthday, and it started from there. Okay, so he's a musician as well, or he loves music and okay. he loves to learn for to play the guitar and some of the keyboards. Yeah. So how long were you uh, dating? was um two years two years uh-huh wow that's that was pretty serious then for two years and- but um it was long distance too because after six months his family moved to the u.s okay where yes. in the u.s uh california oh wow mm-hmm. okay and so you had a long distance relationship mm-hmm. and then i guess it just didn't work out from there i didn't think so and then uh we were too young at that time too okay and really it's Difficult and our views are different and religious religions are different. Okay. Too. What was his religion? Buddhist. Okay. That's so, what was your question. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a very, that, that's Comment. a huge obstacle. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you ever try to get, you know, in contact with him when you came oh, here to the we, U.S.? We are friends. Okay. We still have, um, say, happy birthday to each other during, um, every year though. Uh-huh. But we didn't talk that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. He has a beautiful family it's now with two children and wife. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was there any other relationships after that? No. No. So just that one, that one semi-serious relationship mm-hmm. that just didn't pan out. Yeah. And then, uh, so when did you really seriously start thinking about becoming a nun? So I thought seriously when I was in at um ten grade. Actually, I came to to one the the sister at the parish mm-hmm. that I mentioned before. Yes. So they saw me went to mass every morning and the mass there is uh five thirty in the morning. Wow. So I don't know I didn't know why I have the urge to go to mass during that time. And the sister saw me there and then they took that opportunity to say, Oh <laughs> symphony I you have the vocation. Why don't you just come to our congregation and get to know us for 10 days? I said, yeah, I would love to, but I have to ask my parents' permission. 
and my parents let me go, and I loved it. Like, How old were you at this point? Ten years. Ah,、uh, tenth grade is about fifteen years old. Okay. Yeah. Okay. About that time. Wow, for a fifteen-year-old to get up that early in the morning. I didn't know the reason. Actually, I think、uh-huh. for some reason that I said, "Oh, I need to to go to mass." Okay. So.、Mm-hmm. So、That's, that so how did so what happened next after you? Oh,、uh, so I loved that, and then I promised her that oh, I come back, came back、okay. for next year. Uh, come and see because they don't take the vocation after you graduate high school.、Mm-hmm. So they invited me back in the second year, but I think there was some reason that I couldn't make it because of the schoolwork. Okay, that I couldn't make the following year, and the third year that. I was in the relationship, so I decided、mm. not to go. <laughs> yeah, so that third year, you were in that relationship. So for、mm-hmm. another couple of years. So then, when that relationship fizzled out, how how old were you? So t- about twenty years old. Okay. And when I made up my mind to stay in relationship and not become or discerning to become a sister anymore,、mm-hmm. that was a serious、uh, decision.、Mm-hmm. Because back in time, in my mind, and a lot of people's Vietnamese people's mind too, to discern to be a religious sister, you have to be、um, totally pure, not into any relationship.、Uh-huh. Like you totally dedicate yourself to God and、yes. God's people,、mm-hmm. and not engaging any other relationship, right? Okay. So. After I made that decision, I said, "Oh, I'm not worthy, or I'm not eligible to discern it to be、oh, a sister." Oh, just because you had a relationship? Yeah, it's just like very normal, and any girls, any boy get into relationship. But to me, that's important.、Mm-hmm. I made that decision. Oh, so I stay in this relationship, so I'm not worthy to become a sister anymore. So that's what the thinking is. So that、uh-huh. for Vietnamese people, right? I think I hope that not many people think that way anymore. So, um, so I stopped that thinking. I said、mm, maybe it's not for me the religious life. Okay. So I just we decided、uh, to go to the. I decided to move forward to go to the U.S. to study. Okay. And without any thinking of become. Uh, sister, anymore. so that was already gone from your mind.、Mm-hmm. You you already said, okay, I'm gonna go into the private sector. I'm gonna、mm-hmm. become a musician, and that's right. That's my focus、uh, point at that、mm-hmm. time. That's focus on my career first. I have a very clear plan for me. So I said, by 25, I get my graduate, like master degree, okay, and after that, I will have my own family and started my my own family. After that, so that's from twenty to twenty-five. I have five years old. Oh,、uh, gold. Okay. To make to so accomplish. And when I came here, my godmother, the one who sponsored me、mm-hmm. to come, yes, and she has a love for religious life, and she loved to have her children. Like she has a boy and a girl. And myself, her goddaughter,、uh-huh. to join religious life, like all three of us.、Uh-huh. So she、um, convinced her daughter and myself to go to come and see in the Domin- Vietnamese Dominican sisters. Oh wow! 
and I would gladly obey to come. But I said, okay, I just come, and then it did won't hurt that much. So I went, and I was absolutely loved because I think the desire still in me, but I just want to suppress it down. Mm. And the sisters were so welcoming and so nice and so kind, and they they young too, so they um. Created a lot of events and activities to get us knowing God and knowing their lives and understood what religious life were about. And after that, I said, okay, maybe, maybe, just maybe I will be thinking again of religious life. So that's a turning point for me. I think about, about one year after I. I came to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you were still in in college at the, at that point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you said that was a turning point for you. But you did you finish uh, your studies in University of Houston? Mm, yes. Okay, so you still had hadn't completely gone one hundred percent head in into religious life yet. No, so that's just a common see for the Vietnamese okay. Dominican. Okay. And after uh, that's only for a week. Okay. And um, in my mind, I still love Vietnamese culture, Vietnamese food, Vietnamese people, and I'm mm-hmm. not comfortable with American in general. <laughs> it's just of course you were still new <laughs> to the country for just yes. a year. Mm-hmm. And I love the habit of the sister. It's beautiful, and it just I in my dream when I was little, I want to wear the habit. You see? Okay. And. It just, I really don't, cannot comprehend God's work for me or God's plans for me because it changed totally what I have planned. And then eventually it's become a totally different plan that I never dreamt of. So I want to have it. I want the Vietnamese food. I want the Vietnamese sisters congregation but a, a year a few months after the common see the sister have the youth rally okay uh, the uh, i think the diocesan have the youth rally and the dominican vietnamese sisters invited my god's daughters and my god's mother's daughter and myself to that event and it happened to be at the villa de mattel so where I'm at right now. Oh, wow. wow. So that was the first time I went there and met Sister Kim Tran and the Vietnamese sister there. And uh, we kept contact. And then she invited me back and forth mm-hmm. to visit the community and uh, have the, some retreat there. At that time, she first started, she had the Vietnamese retreat. So I was comfortable there. Because I speak in Vietnamese and oh, yes, she yeah. Vietnamese, so she cooked Vietnamese food. So I drew into that community, but I never thought that I would join them. However, the more I've been in contact with the sisters, not with Sister Kim only, but with the other Irish sisters mm-hmm. within the community, I. 
was so comfortable there. They so at peace there. Their hospitality was wonderful. She, I felt always welcome, and with my broken English, they was sitting there and try to understand me、mm-hmm. and try to keep me talking about myself and try to、um, share their life with me slowly, word by word, so I could <laughs> understand them. So I just. Wanted to come back and forth to come back to their community,、mm-hmm. and after a year, when after the um, I think the retreat, I told Sister Kim that sister, so if I move to University of Houston,、mm-hmm. it's only few exit like couple exits down from the convent. Is it possible if I can stay in here? Staying at this community to discern why going to the University、well, of Houston, the, yes, the to study. So it's like perfectly planned, right? <laughs> She said, "I'm sorry, Symphony, because we never have that situation before, and、mm-hmm. with the life ability, I think liability of the congregation. So, oh, yeah. So we." Maybe not cannot accept that request yet. So I said, "Oh, maybe it's not for me." So I forgot about that. Oh, so you 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 put it in the back of your mind again,、mm-hmm. discerning. Yes. Wow. Okay. Did you feel? Did you feel that、um, if there weren't any,、uh, if there weren't any Vietnamese sisters, it would have been more of an obstacle for you, or do you think you eventually still would have found? The sisters, and eventually, still would have spoken with them and discerned if there were no Vietnamese. Oh, there's、sisters. there was one Vietnamese that the vocation director、mm-hmm. there, so that's only one. Oh, just one.、Uh-huh. Not, it wasn't a group. No, it wasn't a group. Okay.、Uh-huh. And、uh, I said I put it back in my mind, but after a month, I received a call from Sister Kim. Again, <laughs> she said, "Symphony." Your request would be into prayer、mm. every morning when I woke up, and then went to the chapel, and it just occurred back to me of your request. And I already talked with the superior, the general leader,、uh-huh. that you、um, of your request, and she approved that. Oh wow! And If you want, you can come to check out the place and decide to go or to come to stay with us for a month or so.、Uh-huh. So we 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 can arrange that with you. And my father was visiting me at that time, so I shared that decision with him.、Mm-hmm. Um, How did he react? He. For some reason, my parents know that I have the call for religious life, and my my father was a former seminarian. Okay, <laughs> so he's very cool with that. He he, he supported very open、mm-hmm. to the my decision. Yes,、mm-hmm. um, he said that if I like to do, but I would like to come with you. Mm-hmm. To see the play, so I have a piece of in mind and things like that. So where you are and what you're gonna do and things like that. 
And I took my godmother, took myself and my dad go to um, the convent. And uh, Sister Kim showed that the room that I will would stay. Uh-huh. And uh, around the congregation. And my dad was totally fine with it. I said, okay, whenever you decide to, you, to move in, you're uh-huh. welcome. My godmother's kind of hesitated a little bit. He, she would prefer me to join the Vietnamese community. Okay. Yes. So is this a common thing or is, is this the, like one of the first times they've done that, have a college student stay in the convent while going? That's the very first time that happened and they, start, they had it since then. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. So you're the trailblazer. <laughs> huh? I'm happy to be that. That's <laughs> awesome. So normally, what would the process have been? For somebody who's who wanted to become an, so a they nun. they would have they call the first stage is affiliate that okay. um, people come and go to come to spend uh, prayer time or lunch time or just hang around okay for a day and uh, to see how the sisters living and doing and ministering but they they don't leave there okay they can come and eat. A major event or holidays if they want to come or they just want to spend overnight with the sisters. Okay, that's called an affiliate. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Affiliate, the very first stage. And after my case, so affiliate, you have the option to still stay outside or stay in. Okay. Within the discernment house. The reason was it's not many people or um, let me rephrase, a lot of people already have their own life. Yes. Like they have their houses, their car, their job and mm, everything. Yes. So they might f- be from Dallas, California and Georgia. Mm-hmm. So we cannot request that to uh, drop everything and then come to the congregation right away. That's true. Yes. That's too much. So they, the whole process, the affiliate stage, at least for one year, but it can be more. Okay. So um, people can get to know the sister for a year and then they can decide, uh, sell their house, car, or just give it to someone to take care of for that period of time. While you're still in the discernment the process. process. Okay. And then come to the, the discernment house for at least. Three months, six months okay. to see if you fit it in with the congregation. So for those three, six months, you what? What are you? Are you still an affiliate? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yes. you're just living the life right. with them, going through the whole routine, right. and all of that. Is that what you were doing while you were in college? Mm-hmm. For those in Houston, you have the choice to keep your job. You just need to be there for prayer and mass and doing your job. It just to be there. Okay. To get to know. The sister get to know you. You get to know the sister. Okay. So you can have a regular job and then after work, mm-hmm. go to the convent as an affiliate. And right. just go to mass and just go through uh, whatever routine they have there. Right. So for my case, my ministry was studying. So I go to school mm-hmm. seven days a week and everything. It's just, I spend a, not too much time. Time with the sister actually because of the ca- academic work mm-hmm. and the practices too, but they very were very understanding and support me totally. So 
So did this go on all throughout your college? Yes. Until you, so you were an affiliate for, for several years, huh? That's, that's the sister teased me that I'm the longest affiliate <laughs> person in the congregation. How, so usually it's how long? So I said that a, um, a year or uh, so. Usually a year or so. A year or two years, kind of like that. Uh -huh. So they, if you're ready, they will move you to the next stage. And how long were you an affiliate? <laughs> so let's see. Let me have to count. Five years. Wow. Five years of it. Five years. Wow. Okay. Uh -huh. so, so after those five years, was it right after graduation that you that you decided to, to move on to the next step or did it take a little while longer? So I graduated on 20th of December, 2013. Okay. And I moved, I entered the next stage, what's called postulancy. Okay. So um, that on the January 4th, 2014, so only a week or so. More than a week, 10 days. Okay. After graduation. So, and then I moved to St. Louis shortly after that. St. Louis, Missouri for the formation house. Okay. So, so during college, you already knew, okay, this is what I'm going to, I'm after graduation, I'm going to go 100% in. Did you close yourself off to the possibility of having a relationship, another relationship? I think... I would not say closing off. I was still open for it. Okay. But not like, oh, I have to find someone. So you weren't looking, but no. But it was still a Because the sister always reminded me that no obligation to stay here. The moment you feel like you're not at peace here anymore, just mm -hmm. please tell us and then you can leave anytime. No No pressure. No pressure, no. At all. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's nice that they, they didn't they didn't make you feel like you were pressured to stay no. or that you were and and sometimes that scares people when they feel like they're pressured that's true i at first i was uh pressured the mm -hmm. reason was i i had everything there like the food there the good place to sleep and mm -hmm. and then i can do everything there the prayer that the the prayer life that i Looking for, I had it there, uh -huh. and I can still go out to hang out with my friends, and <laughs> can still go to school and things like that. It's so perfect. It made me scared, and it's pressure me. Oh, I had to do something to, to for the sisters. Mm. Oh, maybe I can offer my life for that, and but it's not the healthy um, thinking. Yes. So I just I need to know what is my decision and my discernment. Uh, I really want to be. So you pressured yourself. I pressured myself. No one pressured me, only myself. <laughs> so at what point did you say, okay, this is it 100%. I'm going into this. Was that? Um, I think the strongest point was I moved in, not become a fleet affiliate yet it's just like a candidate like you just get to know the sister uh -huh. um january 19 2009 and then i was so close with one of the sisters and she's an artist too okay and she painted beautifully paintings and things like that and she um she got sick 
and she was admitted to the hospital. And not too long after that, she died. Oh no! And I visited her after her surgery, but she was uh, unconscious at that time. Mm-hmm. After that, for some reason, that I said I needed to to make a decision now because I feel so strong mm-hmm. that I would love to dedicate myself to. God and God's people by just looking at her mm. on the dying bed, actually. So you got inspiration from her? Uh-huh. Because she's so nice. She's 90-something years old at wow. that time. And she always welcome and always be nice to me. And it's just like a grandma. Like, it just wants to do the best for you. Uh-huh. And uh, when I looked at her, I said, mm, I want to be like her, to be the joy, the peace for people until my old age like that. So oh, you, you, want, you want to do to other people what she did mm-hmm. for you, yes. make you feel, you know, as welcome and as comforted. Mm-hmm. Was there any point where you seriously doubted and almost quit? Was what was the 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 lowest point or the the that one turning point where you you almost the thing is as mentioned i was the oldest mm-hmm. so the responsibility that i had for myself that i need to take care of my siblings and my parents so harmony and melody came to the us too as a international students as well okay so when I decided to move to St. Louis, that when I had to decide that I leave my, I left my sisters behind. Okay, the responsibility as the eldest sister. Because mm-hmm. we did have Deacon Houston in here, and he said that was that was pretty difficult for him, especially the first year of being a seminarian. Mm-hmm. Just the thought that you're abandoning your family. Did you did you feel any guilt because of that? I think there's time that I feel guilty um, because I said that religious life for me is something that too beautiful. Mm-hmm. And whenever that I saw my siblings have a little difficult time or something happened to my parents, but I couldn't be there for them or I thought I would do a lot of things for them if I'm were there. I was there. Mm-hmm. So that's made my, me feel guilty that, oh, oh, I should do this. I shouldn't be here. I should be with my family uh-huh. and things like that. Um, but those times I had to, had to really bring myself into prayer because after prayer that I will, would realize that our family received more than we have lost because I'm in the religious life. Like God bless my family abundantly. So those who are like unfortunate de- uh, issues, problems, only the minor things uh-huh. that it's hurt sometimes, but it can be resolved. Okay. So that's that comforted and. It's not one time only. It will occur several times in uh-huh. 
a lot of time in my life, but I I knew how to deal with it more than very first time. Okay. So yeah. when your sisters came, were you able to help them out yes. to get started? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you weren't fully yet into uh into religious life or were you already? So I was in religious life, but I, I said that it's just affiliate stage. So you okay. still come and out, go out and mm-hmm. be with your sisters and help them. And I still teaching piano at that time. So I use my uh, salaries to help my sisters. Okay. Yeah. And, and they're both here in, in the United States now? To Houston. In, in Houston. Houston. Okay. Uh-huh. What about your parents? Did my they... parents are still in Vietnam. They're still in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Are you able to go and visit them? This year, supposedly my year to have a home visit. But okay. Yeah. How often do you get to, you know, um, go back and visit Every them? two years. Okay. That's not so bad. No, not too bad. Okay. So, yeah. so you, so let's, uh, let's continue with the process. Mm-hmm. So you finally decide, okay, I'm going to go into the, so the next stage is the postulate stage. Mm-hmm. What is that like? What is your life like there as a postulate? So the day I went to San Luis, to the airport to go to San Luis, mm-hmm. I, I cried like the day I left Vietnam. Oh, wow. Houston, like I said, uh, here like six years, five, six years in okay. Houston. So Houston became my second home mm-hmm. where I knew every, knows everyone and have the relationship with different groups and people. Yes. And my parents happened to visit it at that time too. So my parents, my sisters and other sisters, the religious sisters, said goodbye to me. So they were all day. here. <laughs> Oh, wow. That, that's harder. That was hard. I felt like I left Vietnam the second time. <laughs> I was so hard. I cried in the car. I cried at the airport. I cried on the plane until we get into St. Louis. I never cried that much before, even when I left Vietnam. It's, I cried so much on that day. And St. Louis welcomed me with 10 inches snow. Wow. <laughs> And I hate the cold weather. <laughs> How cold does it get in Vietnam? Not cold at all, huh? In the, in the south, it's not cold at all, like uh, 60s max. Okay. Yeah, the slowest one. Okay, so yeah, not really that cold. Yeah, in the north, it gets colder, but not in the south. Yeah. But growing up, you didn't really get that the no. cold temperature. So St. Louis, it must have been... Something else, because Houston doesn't get that cold either. So. I saw photo already in Houston, so now I have to go to uh, San Louis for that snow. Well, Houston weather is kind of crazy. <laughs> you, you you get different seasons within the same day. Yes. So back to the, uh, yes, yes. the day. So I, I went there. The postulant year, it used to be one year, but now it's two years. Okay. So at, on my time, it's only one year. So we learn about the history, the charism of the congregation, mm-hmm. and uh, to live community life. That's one of the important points for religious life, too. We have three people in that house at that time. Okay. So for a year, we did that much. Oh, we can go. Oh, also, we go out for one a week, one day a week for ministry, for volunteer. So okay. I was volunteer as one of the Catholic school. So why why St. Louis? 
our formation house there. Okay. And the decision that, that because of the, they have the good theology school there. Okay. The Aquinas Institute. Okay. And they surrounded with a lot of religious congregation. So, and also they have the program called Inter-Noviciate Community. Okay. I see. And no, Inter-Community Noviciate. That um, each congregation have like two candidates, one candidate, five candidates. So we uh-huh. will meet once a week to learn together. In the past or from, from the congregation have more vocations, mm-hmm. they can have that classes within their congregation. But for, for our congregation, we don't have that many vocations like okay. to operate a class for them. Okay. okay. And not to have that many of interactions of different people yes. to create a healthier lifestyle. Mm. So we have men and women study together once okay. a week for a year. Okay. And, and the men were discerning to become priests? Um, priests uh, or a brothers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what led you to this? Um, so what order are you in right now? Uh, we are Sister of Charity of the Incarnate Word, Houston. Okay. So wh- why this particular order? Do you, how, what brought you to this? Are there any other choices that you could have, you know, so I mentioned before that um, I was first met the Vietnamese Dominican sisters. Yes. But God led me to this congregation by chance, but for youth rally. Okay. That when that I I met the sisters there, and I just just felt peace and. You were drawn to them. Yeah, for for very special and unexplainable reasons they just drawn to them because of their way of presenting themselves very naturally and lovingly and welcoming. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then so you you landed in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And you said that you you're there 7 days a week but one day you you go out. So that was for 2 years you said? For one year for me, uh-huh. Okay, but then later on it became two years. Right. Okay, so after that one year, what happens? So if I'm ready and the congregation say that I'm ready, Uh that they will accept me to novitiate. And novitiate have two years. One is a canonical year, which is very limited for you to get in contact with a lot of people that you will focus a lot on learning about congregation, charism, and yourself. So that year I had to learn a lot about myself. And I didn't like that year at all. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's, that was the most difficult year. That's what. That first year. Mm-hmm. So you're totally closed off to, to a lot of the world. With our congregation, we're not totally closed off because... Uh-huh. Like I mentioned, we have the uh, ICN, the Intercommunity mm, yes. Novitiate. So mm-hmm. we at least go to that day, mm-hmm. that that day to meet other people. But um, they recommended that we don't um, get in contact with many people. We cannot go out for um, hang out too many times. Maybe mm-hmm. once in a while. So just limited. Mm-hmm, limited, and at my time. 
we was still have cell phone uh-huh. at that time. So the sister just recommended or told us, not recommended, told us that not to use it until a weekend. So they treat us, they trust that we will follow that. Mm-hmm. But for a recent time, at this time that w- the sister who are in novitiate there, so they don't have phone okay. for themselves. They will have uh, the uh, common phone, like community phone. Okay. They will take turn to make the call, phone call. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Okay, so so that one year—that's mm-hmm. the most difficult year, right? How's the second year? How is it different from the? The second year is still in novitiate. Yes. However, um, the first half of the year depends on the person. Actually, either you go out for ministry to go to different community of the congregation to experience of that community and go out to minister to any needs according to your gift or any availability at that area. And the second half is you go back to the, the novitiate house and reflect back what you have done for the past two, three, four years or the, the whole process of uh, discernment uh-huh. and to make a retreat and just to reveal the history carries them everything. And then you will write your request to make in the first vow. Okay, so at this point, you can still turn back. You can still turn back. Because you haven't made your vows. Mm -mm. So after five years of being an affiliate, (laughs) uh, one year as a novitiate. Apostolate. Apostolate, excuse Uh me. And then two years of a a novitiate. Uh Then you're ready to take your vows. Right, I was. Uh Okay, so tell me about that. What was it like? you know, leading up to taking your vows? Um, my f- first vows that one of the sisters told me one thing that I remember until now, that usually first vow, annual vow we call, that we can renew every year. Okay. But the sister said that symphony, remember one thing, that the decision you make to make your first vows, think of that your final vows. Think mm, that way. Treat your first annual vow as if it were the final one. Mm-hmm. That's it. The reason was is that, oh, I just make, it's dangerous to think, oh, I just make my first vow now and then maybe or maybe not I continue or I just wait what what's going to happen mm. before my final vows. She said, no. Think it carefully. It's good for you to think it now. It's good for discern later, but it's good to make the decision, make up your mind now. That's it. You make mm-hmm. your first vow as your final vow. So I put that in my um, retreat, put that thinking in my retreat mm-hmm. and thought it very well. And I felt peace at that decision. I know things can change and things might change. Mm-hmm. But at that moment, I felt like I made a decision, good decision. And I was at peace with that decision. And so, so you made your first vows. Mm-hmm. And you said that it's an annual thing. So at this point, you're a full-fledged nun already or not yet? Not yet. What, what happens? What are the other steps? So, uh, oh, you would call it you... 
What do you explain the full flesh nun? I mean, like you're one hundred percent in, like you're, you know. It's tricky. Um, in your professors are a sister, a religious sister, yes. a nun, and yes. fully a nun. Yes. And we had three vows, like other nuns. Okay. However, that's only until your final vows that you completely belong to the congregation. Okay, there you yeah. go. So mm -hmm. you said three vows. What are the three vows? The three vows is a chastity, poverty, and obedience. Okay, so yeah. you don't have to take them all at the same time. Yeah, we do. Oh, you do? Uh -huh. Okay, so you said your first vows were... So that's why the vows have S afterward. Okay, yes. So the first vows is the first time that you make your vows. Okay. Yeah. Okay, now mm -hmm. I understand. Okay, I thought it was like you take them one at a time or so, <laughs> you kind of ease into it or something. No, okay, so that's what you mean. clearer to say the first professions of vows. Okay, there we go. Okay. <laughs> yes. So then, so how long ago was that that you... you... So I made my first vows on... Uh, August 13, 2016. Is there a, is there a ceremony? It was a ceremony. Is it, was your family there? That's one of the unfortunate one that my parents couldn't come. The, the embassy didn't approve the visa. Oh, no. That's so, terrible. I but normally families are there. Right. But uh, my parents, uh, my siblings and other friends and family, we have, we are allowed to have 50 people. There. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. How many of you were uh, took your vows together? Was it just you? Two, two of us. So I had my companion. Oh, that's awesome! Mm -hmm. So we two families together. So it was beautiful. Was that in St. Louis? Here, here in, in Houston. Uh -huh, in Houston. Okay, so you came back here to Houston, right, to take your vows mm -hmm. because our mother house here in Houston. Okay. Yeah, our base here. Okay. Yeah. And um, and so your 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 family was there. Did some of your friends from college also show up? And I don't have college. I mean, do, did I? No, I have the, um, the band that uh -huh. I, I help in San Christopher Parish. So they, they were there. And which friend? I'm not sure about that. I think all families. More, mostly uh, family. Mostly family because we have li limited guests. So it was hard to, uh, to have others people. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then at this point, after you after you take your vows, what happens next? So I made my vows and a few days later I moved to Lake Charles, Louisiana. Okay. And uh I was substitute became a substitute teacher. Um because I'm I was have to uh buy the ministry there. Okay, was that your decision or was it? Um, I was assigned. You were there. assigned mm -hmm. to go to Louisiana. Right. We had the community there in uh, San, uh, Lake Charles. Uh -huh. um, and uh, I, there was a sister there, so I joined her as a community. Okay. And my uh, duty at that time is to look for ministry. So at first, I helped with the, became a substitute music teacher. Okay. And uh, I worked at St. Margaret. Um, Catholic school, uh -huh. and it just it was hard because I graduated University of Houston and then moved to formation, and then when the sister asked me, 
to write my CV. Uh huh. My resume. I was so intimidated <laughs> because I said I had no zero experience mm-hmm. and just college. And just college, and I said, "What should I write?" Because my page is like mostly empty uh-huh. of my experience, and. I hesitated to even give that CV to the schools or everywhere I go, uh-huh. so it was challenge at that time. And uh, yeah, I I remember one time that on the way to back to Houston, on driving for the meeting, uh-huh. I saw um, the the billboards that God listen, something like that, uh-huh. and I I just shouted in my car, I said, God, if it's not for you. Not gonna be here anymore. <laughs> it's just like the pressure and the everything. It's just like oh, I cannot handle that anymore because I want to help. I have the desire to serve, but why I couldn't find any job and I didn't feel like I competent enough to to get because of ministry. your lack of experience. And also, lecture is a small community, mm, so and, there are not a lot of jobs. And everyone's there. They are there. They don't move. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Just so they stay there. Not many openings. No. And the moment of opening, the sister, the relatives will get to know before anyone uh, yes. else. So that's the, that's the tricky point. Mm-hmm. So eventually, so how long were you there in St. George? For a year. And I uh, did the interview in St. Teresa Catholic School in Memorial Park. Okay. So I got the job there. The part-time job, and I I was asked the permission to move back to Houston, and mm-hmm. the sister allowed me, uh, th- to be back here, and I worked at Saint Teresa for three years. Three years, and mm-hmm. what were you doing there? Um, I was a music teacher. It's great that you're able to use your your skill in music, you know, yes, as as part of your work mm-hmm. as a religious sister. So you were there for three years. Teaching and what? How how old were the kids that you were teaching? Uh, the school is pre K three to eighth grade. Okay. So at first, the second, uh, the first semester before Christmas break, I was hired um, as a part time music teacher. So I only take care of the pre K three to fifth grade to, okay. to teach the music. And the second semester that the religion teacher left. So the principal asked me, sister, is it possible if you can teach religion for the junior high? I said, I can, but I'm not sure about the, the schedule. Okay. So they helped me a lot. But majority of the teachers there, they said, sister, you have yourself in trouble because that's a very healthy schedule. And I didn't know how I survived. <laughs> Teaching two different year. subjects at the yes. same time. Yes. Uh-huh. And it's just totally, but I manage it, but I wouldn't do it again. Yeah, the very heavy schedule. It was heavy. I was so stressed at that time to try to, I'm not strong in teaching middle school. That's not my strength. Oh, middle school is very challenging. <laughs> it, it takes a different kind of person to teach middle school. I've, I've substituted in middle school and I, and I think there was... One time I said, okay, I'm never going back here to substitute for middle school. It's just, it's very different. It's extremely different from 
from, you would think it, because of the age, it would be similar to elementary or mm-hmm. high school, but mm-hmm. no, it's, middle school is just something in and of itself, just very different. So how long were you there? Four, um, three years. For three years. And then after that, what, what brought you away from that? So I'll uh, uh, go back a little bit because I teach um, religion yes. for middle school that I grew in love with the middle schoolers. Oh, really? For you, that surprised me a lot because I used to be scared of teaching them <laughs> because I didn't understand them, actually. But for some reason, that these this kids, they're amazing. Okay. And um, the year after, the principal hired the religion uh, teacher mm-hmm. and they asked me to be a full-time music teacher, which is I will take the middle school as my students as well to teach them music. Okay, so not just elementary, but middle school too. And music. they didn't have the experience of music much before. Oh, wow, that's hard. Uh-huh. But I tried to be as much, like, as creative as I could be mm-hmm. to develop different things with them and things like that. And I was glad it, it was helpful and they drew into it. Uh-huh. So I taught there two years for like like as a full time music teacher. After that, then two thousand uh, May two thousand twenty, twenty twenty, that I was asked to go back to St. Louis to finish my degree in theology. So that's why I left. That's uh, why you the school. Okay, mm-hmm. and so you were here at um, helping um, the children's choir in St. Faustina for uh, what period of time? It was. Uh, 2017, 2018. Okay. And mm-hmm. I, I just always remember you with the little kids <laughs> in mass. It, it takes a lot of patience. <laughs> I, I would watch and I'm like, wow, that's a lot of patience for her because the kids just won't sit still and they're standing up and they're talking and they're moving around. Yes. And yes. Um, so uh, so is, the, is that the reason why? Because you had to go back to St. Louis, why you're no longer here at St. Faustina? Oh no, um I I think that year I just came back from Lake Charles, right? Okay. And then Father Dad like knew that I taught in Saint mm-hmm. uh, Teresa Memorial Park. Mm-hmm. So it's on I Tain here. So he said oh, he would love to have the children choir here, but didn't have anyone to um oversee it yet. So would I come to help? Uh-huh. Many was there. And then um, I said, okay, I will, I will try. I will volunteer here. Uh-huh. So I, I did that. And Monica was so helpful at that time. She's so nice to me. And everyone was nice. The parents, everyone too. So, the, so you being here was not, you weren't assigned by your, your order? To be no. Here. So this was just volunteer? The volunteer wow, here. Wow, okay. Uh-huh. So I volunteered here, and then after that, that my schedule didn't work out to continue the the children choir here so. because it just it just got too heavy your schedule. At, yes, uh-huh. at Saint Teresa, and the the, um, the drive here is getting worse. Like uh, after hour, yes. it's just like the That's traffic, true. and by the time I come here, that it's too dark, the too late for the kids too, and mm. it's too long of a day. So I said that oh. I would love to help, continue helping, but I couldn't make it anymore. But I would love to do it again if in the future. 
<laughs> so right now, so you, you went back to St. Louis and then you came back to Houston since you're finished. You, you got your degree. Right. So what are you doing right now? I, tomorrow I will start my uh, experience within the campus. So I will work in the archives of the congregation. Oh, wow. So it will help the sister there to sort out the history and the pictures and everything to arrange them. Depends on whatever the sister want me to do <laughs> for a month. And okay. after that, I will go to move to Colorado um, to have the program learning about myself again more and refresh what's in my calling and the healing for my uh, childhood. That's a program call. Okay. It's just, uh, to prepare for my international year and to go out for different uh, uh, places of the congregation in different countries. Oh, wow. So that's the first step that I have to make. Okay, so you'll spend a year um, studying and, and learning, and then after that you go out to, do, do, you, do you have any idea what? So uh, not a year, it's only three months oh, for three the prep months. program. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. So... What and country do you do you have any idea where you're gonna go? So we have uh, Guatemala, Ireland, and Kenya. I my dream is to go to all three of them. Oh wow! However, I don't know yet where I'm going to go first. And how long will it be? Um, about three months each country, or even longer or shorter depends on what available for me there. Okay, and mm -hmm. what will you do there? Uh, depends on my gift again and what available there again. Okay. So in Kenya, we have school or clinic. So my profession is teaching. So yes. most, mostly that I will stay at the school. And you'll teach. Uh -huh. Or they have the social concern, they, uh, social concern that they go to the slum mm -hmm. to help people there. So I might be there as well. I don't really know yet. In Guatemala, they have the abandoned. Um, the house for abandoned elderly. Oh wow! Yes, and uh, they have the house of uh, teaching skills for uh, young girls as well. Okay. And uh, and the retreat house, but of course, I don't know Spanish at this moment. So maybe <laughs> I just be around and study Spanish. I don't know. That's just my thinking. I will get. Have you updated when I have the plan? <laughs> in Ireland, we have the completely health um, nursing home for the elderly. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So do you think you're going to start learning, taking Spanish lessons? I That's one of my goals. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's going to be a little easier since you've already learned another language? I think so. I think I need, need, to, need to put my, my mind and keep practicing it. Uh -huh. And the vowels in Spanish is similar to Vietnamese. Okay. The English word that you need to memorize the words actually to, to be able to pronounce them. Yes. But Spanish, they have only five vowels that you need to remember. So I think it's doable, but do I have the discipline to practice it? <laughs> well, when you're immersed, you, know, you never know when you're there. That's true. Uh -huh. So do you have any words of advice for young girls who are discerning or who have it in the back of their mind to, er to enter religious life, to become a sister? Um, yes. So I would 
talk about uh, something about the discernment process. Uh-huh. It's more uh, formal. What I'm gonna talk, but I will share another one that less formal. Like first, that the the person need to to have the faith, to have the Catholic faith, and build it as strong as they need to personally, individually, and then they will go to the to different congregation to see if the congregation have the charism and the way of life matches what they dream of. And, and then they, they bring that into prayer. And then imagine themselves, if they if they in that community, how would they use their gifts to serve the congregation, uh-huh. to serve people? And the most importantly is, are they happy? Do they like the image that they imagine? Uh-huh. Or they feel scared or fear of what's going to happen? Doubting, fear is always there. But through prayer, if they experience the peace in their heart and the joy mm-hmm. in their heart, that's a a good decision, but prayer is never, never gonna waste it. Like they, the discerner need to pray all the time because one person and yourself cannot do much of the things. Mm-hmm. And the religious calling is kind of the really weird and really out of the world. And people out from the outside, they they cannot understand uh-huh. really what it is about. It's only God's grace and God's gift for the person to even think of being the religious brothers, sisters, and or priest. Mm-hmm. So I think thinking, discerning is important. Experience are important, but prayer is really help for that person to move forward. And from my own experience, that I told myself, I love to have family for myself. I love to be a sister, religious sister. I never want to be a single person. So I have two choices. I eliminate one. Mm. So I have two choices to make. For my younger year, I, I joked with myself. I said, in religious life, you can go there and try. At least try. Uh-huh. In marriage life, you cannot try. <laughs> you can you have it one time and then that's and it. That's it. Yes, you're in permanently. <laughs> so why don't you just try religious life? But and then another reason is I have the desire to serve so much. Like I want to help other mm. people. And at that time, I thought it was my goal to become a nun to help people but recently actually a year or so that i feel like being a religious sister is that make you happy is that make you closer to god mm-hmm. is that make you uh, a witness of the presence of god in people in people to people 
that's make me think that I made the really beautiful decision, and I have no regret of it mm-hmm. until this moment. And one turning point for me again to decide to become a sister, I said that I need to jump two feet in one place. I cannot have one foot in one place and mm. the other foot in the other place and try to look back and forth, back and forth, uh-huh. and I will never make my decision. So at first, whoever wants to take a next step of their life in discernment, they need to have their two feet in any choice. Like, at least make that first step and then they will, God will lead them. If it's right for them, if it's right vocation, mm-hmm. everything will fall into its place. Um, you, they cannot see it at right that moment. Uh-huh. However, when they reflect back, it's just amazing how things are just laid out and fit perfectly like a puzzle pieces. Like how God's plan just mm-hmm. comes out and just shows itself. Right. And pay attention to the um, touching, um, like the enlightenment, like some, some of the very small size in their life. Mm-hmm. And it's keep repeating. And then just pay attention to those moments so they, they will have the clearer sign of what they want or what God's plan for Just them. look out for the signs that will lead you Don't to... Don't try too hard because <laughs> sometimes when someone try too hard, it won't happen. And they, they missed out the, the seamless things, seamless side in their life. Thank you so much for, for being with us and, and, and explain and giving us your story and all that. We it's, it's such a joy to see you here at St. Faustina again. And we wish you the best of luck Thank you. As you as you go off and then you go on to your missions as well. Please do keep in touch with us. Yes. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh, it's our pleasure. <laughs> Thank you.